Turn with me to John 14, please, this evening. And uh, let's continue with something that we've been looking at for a few weeks now. John 14. We've been talking about the helper. The helper. In uh, John 14 and 16, Jesus said this. I will pray the Father... He shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Does the believer have something the the world does not have? Someone. Because it sees him not, neither knows him. See, to the world, the unsaved, the unbeliever, it's like there is no Holy Spirit. There is no helper. They don't know him. They don't see him. It's like he doesn't exist. But uh, you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. Talking about the Holy Spirit. Do you believe the Holy Spirit is in you? Somebody say, he's in me. He's in me. Skip on over to the 16th chapter. The 16th chapter. And the 13th verse. He said when he the spirit of truth is come. He will guide you. Into all truth. Now we we began talking last week about how he helps us. And obviously here is some description of it. We are going to get into more detail. But how does he help us? He guides us. He guides us into the truth. In every situation in this world, you've got what's right and what's wrong. What's true and what's not true. What's good and what's not good. And you need help deciphering that. And I need help. We need help discerning this. We got help. Somebody say, I have help. In every situation, you have someone who helps you to know what is the truth, what is right, what is good. And he'll guide you into all the truth. Say it out loud. He's in me. And he's continually guiding me in every situation into all truth. He goes on to say, he shall not speak of himself, whatever he shall hear, that Shall he speak? Said out loud, he speaks to me. And what else will he do? He will show you things to come. He will show you things to come. He'll glorify me, for he'll receive of mine and show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine, Jesus said. Therefore, said I, he will take of mine and shall show it unto you. He keeps saying he will show it to you. He will show it to you. He will show it. Everybody say, he shows me things. He shows me things. things. Now, uh, go with me to 1 Corinthians, please. The second chapter. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians 2. Paul, speaking by the Spirit, is describing the first time he came to them and how he ministered to them. And he said, verse uh, 1, 1 Corinthians 2, 1, Brethren, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. The NIV says it like this, verse 4. My preaching wasn't with wise and persuasive words, but with the demonstration of the Spirit's power. The Weist translation says, my preaching was not couched 
in specious words of philosophy. But we're dependent for their efficacy upon a demonstration of the Spirit and power in order that your faith should not be resting in human philosophy, but in God's power. Say it out loud. I have faith faith in the power of God. God. Now, this is not something to be taken for granted. The truth is there are groups of Christians all over the world and their faith is is in man's wisdom. Their faith is in people explaining things and in understanding and wisdom. But our faith is not supposed to be just in the reasonable or rational. Our faith is to be in the supernatural power of God. Now, you can't Really be a believer unless you believe in miracles. You can't be a Christian unless you believe in miracles. See, there's some folks that think, well, you know, I'm, I'm an American. I'm a Christian. Not unless you've been born again. <laughs> well, I, we believe in God. The Bible said the devils do too. <laughs> no, you got to believe. People say, well, you know. Is it that big a deal where you actually believe in the virgin birth? Isn't it just that, you know, the important thing that we we adhere to the principles of the teachings of Christ and how that Christ taught love and acceptance? Actually, he didn't teach love and acceptance. (laughs) Now meditate on that a while. (laughs) He preached repentance. That's different from acceptance. And he preached the kingdom of God and faith in God. See, a lot of folks have taken Christianity and they've denied the power thereof. And they've just turned it into a life philosophy. You can't even be a Christian if you don't believe in miracles. Jesus was born without a human father. If he wasn't, he's not the Christ. He's not the Messiah. He's not the one capable and qualified to pay the price for our sins. And he was literally, physically raised from the dead. He was really dead. And now he's really not. (laughs) You know, in, in religions all over the world, you can go to the tomb of their founders. You cannot find a body in any tomb of our founder. He is the risen Savior. He is alive from the dead. Somebody say glory to God. You believe it? And he's coming again. King of kings. Lord of lords. The Bible starts off with the miraculous creation. God said and it became You see miracles in David's life. You see miracles in Elijah's life. You see miracles, miracles all through the pages. You see miracles all through the life and ministry of Jesus. You see miracles in the book of Acts. Things you can't explain with scientific formula. Things you can't put under a microscope. Do you believe in the miraculous power of God? If you're a real Christian, you do. If you haven't decided, then you're not saved yet. Because what did Romans 10 say about, uh, about being saved? You've you got to confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe that God raised him from the dead and you'd be saved. That's a miracle. What, what else can you say about resurrection? Right? It's a miracle. Somebody said out loud, I believe in the power of God. I have faith in the power of God. People say, well, there's not even any proof that God exists. There's nothing but proof that God exists. The planet you're standing on came from somewhere. (laughs) Your life, your body, light, there's nothing but proof. The Bible said the heavens declare uh, his glory, right? 
They are shouting tonight. Every star up there is shouting. I have a creator. Somebody made me. And if you got any sense, you'll join in the chorus and go, I have a creator too. Somebody made me. Not only did somebody make me, somebody redeemed me. Somebody loves me. I am the apple of his eye. You know, a fella could preach in here tonight. <laughs> he said, I, I didn't rely on my ability as an orator. I didn't come to you with it all mapped out and planned out and persuasive and eloquent words because then your faith would be in my talk, my delivery. No, we came in demonstration of the Spirit and power. Oh, hey. Big talk, fancy footwork, a demonstration of the Spirit and power. I know which one I want. Well, real Christianity has always been this. The book of Acts is the proof. So go with me now to 1 Corinthians 12. And let's continue with the specifics of how the Holy Spirit helps us. We started last time I was with you looking at this list of the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 12. Because we know He helps us. He manifests Himself in our lives, in our midst, in our churches, in our ministries, in our services. These nine ways. That's not saying we know all about what he can do and we're not saying he's limited and can't do anything other than this but but we know he does this and this must have been super important because these are the things he specifically revealed to us first corinthians 12 and 1 he said now concerning spiritual gifts actually the word gifts is added there just spirituals things of and pertaining to the spirit i would not have you ignorant And boy, I don't wonder why he said this, because the further I go, ignorance is terrible in this area. It's just everywhere. And I don't claim to know all about it, but I thank God for the few things we're learning and I'm believing for more. Verse two, he said, you were led away with dumb idols and they had some supernatural manifestations that weren't God. And that's why he needs to give them some instruction. In verse 3 he says, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And that no man can say Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. He's talking about prophecy. He's talking about anointed utterance. Spirit inspired utterance. If it's really the Holy Spirit inspiring something, it is going to glorify Jesus. Nobody could ever be inspired by the Holy Spirit and say something negative or derogatory about Jesus. Has never happened. Can't happen. Because what did we just get through reading? Jesus said about the Holy Spirit that he wouldn't even speak of himself. But he is going to glorify Jesus. Uh, So in, in discerning what really is a genuine manifestation of the Holy Spirit. This is number one always. It's not just going to make a big deal out of a man or a woman. It's not just going to draw attention to them and how spiritual they're supposed to be. Or how amazing they're supposed to be. It's going to glorify the head of the church. The master. And number two is going to help somebody. It's not just that somebody try to show off that I know something and I have something and I can do something. Because really in yourself you don't and never will. We'll talk more about that. Well, here's as good a time as any. (laughs) People say, well, Brother Keith, can you heal me? Brother Keith, can you do a miracle? I must say what the master says. 
He said at least three times I know of in the book of John, I can of my own self do nothing. And if the master said it, what do you think about any and all of his followers? I can of my own self do nothing. And he went on to say, I say what I hear and I do what I see. And he said, the father in me. He does the works. Didn't he say that? So myself or any man or woman that would follow the Lord, we can obey him. We can do what he says, what he shows us. We can say what he says, what we get from him. But it's him who does the works. Right? So no, no man is the savior. No woman is the healer. And anybody that implies I got the gift of this or the gift of that and implies they can turn it off and on and do what they want to with it, that's just simply not true. It's not true. It's actually not even correct to say I have the gift of like it's your personal possession. That's actually not correct to say it like that. We'll talk more in just a minute about how how to say it. In 1 Corinthians 12, keep reading. He said, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. Uh, Administration could also be translated ministry. There are diversities of operation, but it is the same God which works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Now I want to read the rest of this from Young's literal translation because... There is so much confusion and ignorance about this that we need to make sure we get it right. These gifts of the Spirit, these nine manifestations that he talks about, have been called everything in the world except what they are. And to be frank with you, a lot of the modern translations simply got it wrong. They did not translate it. They gave their interpretation of what they thought it meant. You got to watch out for this in any translation. Translation means they just translated the best words they knew how that meant the same thing in English that meant in either Hebrew or Greek or whatever. But a lot of modern translations have gone beyond that. And it's actually interpretation. It's not translation. Nowhere is it more evident than this 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians. A lot of these modern translations, you can their doctrines coming through. Their philosophies coming through. They didn't just translate it. Every one of these manifestations are spiritual and you could say supernatural. People who don't understand it try to turn it into something natural. And you can usually go by this. If they get the talking in tongues part wrong, they'll have the rest of it wrong. You can tell some of them are trying to imply that the talking in tongues is a linguist's learned ability. And you got a lot of folks, they take the gifts of healings and to them, they turn, they say the doctors are the gifts of healings. And the nurses are given. Thank God for good doctors and nurses. But no, he's not talking about doctors and nurses here. He's talking about supernatural manifestations of the Spirit. Demonstrations of the Spirit and power. Working the miracles. That's a tough one for them to handle if they're trying to make the other ones natural. Working the miracles. How do you explain that one? But the list goes on. Let's read it in Young's literal. This is the same man who authored Young's Concordance. He ought to know a thing or two about the language, don't you think? In verse uh, 7, it says, To each has been given the manifestation of the Spirit for profit. Other translations say for the common good. Every true manifestation of the Spirit is going to be profitable. Somebody's going to benefit from it. None of it's going to be for somebody showing off that they're spiritual. Are making a big deal out of them. Verse 8. 
For to one through the Spirit has been given a word of wisdom. This is better than the King James. The King James says the word. And that can leave a different idea than a word. And you hear a lot of folks say, you know, I have the gift of wisdom. The Bible doesn't speak of any such gift. And usually it's people twisting this. So I'm taking time because there's such, and people can read some of these modern translations and think they got justification for some of these beliefs when it's not a translation. Everybody say, A, a word, word of, of wisdom. wisdom. How many think we ought to call it what the scripture calls it? Yeah. Stay right with it. Stay exactly with what the scripture calls This is a manifestation, not a page of wisdom, not a paragraph of wisdom, just a word. The Holy Spirit can reveal to you something of the wisdom of God for a situation. And it's not something somebody else told you. It's not something you figured out. It's not something you learned. It's something that was revealed to you. Wisdom has to do with the future. And it has to do with God's plans and purposes. Also, to another has been given what? A word of knowledge. This is, you cannot get this by going to the university and getting degrees. You can't get this by reading books. You can't get this by intense study. You cannot give yourself. Nobody through effort can give themselves a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge. It's got nothing to do with your IQ. Nothing. To do with so-called being smart. This is the Spirit of God knows everything. And he can reveal something to you that there's no way you could know it. But he revealed it to you. Let you know it. We're talking about how he helps us. And last uh, time I was with you, we went into some detail, gave some examples of these. So if you weren't with us, go online, download that sermon or or get you the the CD or DVD. It won't cost you anything. Verse 9, to another faith in the same spirit. Now, the Bible talks about common faith. And some translations refer to this as special faith. This is not just the faith that all of us could have to be saved, to walk with God by faith every day. This is something else, something beyond. God does special things. Did you know it? More than once, the Bible talks about, well, how many remember uh, Paul? He said, God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul, so that from his body were brought into the sick handkerchiefs or aprons. And when those cloths contacted The oppressed spirits left them. When they contacted the sick, they were healed. Somebody say special. He was already doing some wonderful things. But God, well, you know, he's God if he wants to do something special. He didn't have to ask you or me. (laughs) Sit out loud. God does special things. Would you like to experience some of his special things? Would you like to? Me too. Me too. As a representation of Sarasota Church and and Branson Church, you say the same thing. Say it out loud. God, God, our great Father, Father, we ask you, you, do some special things things. in our churches, in our our homes, in our lives. lives. We ask for it. We We want them. We We desire them. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Do some of these special things, Lord. He never changes. If he ever wanted to do special things, he still wants to do special things. He never, ever changes. And to another, gifts of healings. One reason I'm reading the Young's Literal, because both of these are in the plural. There's been such mass confusion about what these even are. Do you know why I'm taking time with this? Say it out loud. Gifts. Of healings. Both of them are plural. Keep going. Verse 10. To another in workings of mighty deeds. Workings of miracles, King James says. To another prophecy. To another discernings of spirits. Now this is one where a lot of folks just go wild. I'm trying to explain what it means. And and some of you modern translations are just off the wall. 
They just invent stuff. This is what it says. Discernings of spirits. And this, and people say, well, God gave me the gift of discernment. No such gift is mentioned. And this is not something that anybody would possess that they can turn off and on and use when and how they want to. This is a manifestation of the Spirit, just like working the miracles, just like gifts of healings. Do you know why I'm saying this? these things have been taken and just twisted and turned into all kind of stuff that they never were? They are supernatural manifestations, demonstrations of the Spirit and power. You cannot produce them by effort. You can't fast and pray and give yourself any of these. Nobody can lay hands on you and give you these. No, they can't. We'll see a verse in just a moment that says how they happen. Discernings of spirits. To another, divers, divers is added by the translators. Kinds of tongues. You see, all of these are in the plural. Interpretation of tongues. Keep going. Verse 11. All these doth work the one and self-same spirit dividing to each severally or individually as he intends. Nobody else can give the manifestation of the spirit except the Holy Spirit. Now, he wants to do things. And people say, well, you know, I'm just waiting on him. Are we now? Are we sure we're waiting on him? If you don't even believe in these things, if you wouldn't recognize them if they came up, if you don't know how to yield, well, that wouldn't be the Spirit's fault that they're not happening. And a lot of these have been lost to whole denominations and whole groups don't even believe in them. Or they've changed them into something natural. But I believe they have been happening already in in our, our churches and ministries. I know it. Uh, like I said, just uh, what uh, Wednesday night in Pennsylvania, we had people whose legs grew out. We had people whose stomachs and intestines were rearranged. We had people whose hips were healed. People whose hands were drawn up with arthritis were completely loosed and normal. We had two lines of people that had been healed or some kind of miracle all across the front, all the way back to the back. It took us, what, 30, 40 minutes for each one of them to just say in the word what God did for them. I didn't do it. He did it. And he wants to do things like that. Churches everywhere. But if you don't believe in it, if it's not preached, people are not going to believe in it. Right? And if you twist it into something that it's not, well, you're not going to be looking for the right thing. You're not going to be yielding to it. Won't somebody say it again? I have faith, I have faith. In, the power of God. in the power of God. Come on, close your eyes, lift up your hands, say it out loud. I have faith, I have faith. In, the power of God. in the power of God. Glory to God. Just thank him for a moment. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you are. You've never changed. You are the healing God. You are the miracle working God. You are the good, good Father. And we worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. One of the things we preached on last night before these, those things started happening is getting rid of skepticism, getting rid of negativism, Getting rid of sarcasm. Getting rid of being cynical. Because all of that is shutting the door to these kind of things happening. Jesus in his own hometown. Anybody remember that? In his own hometown. I mean, he's having, he's having meetings. He's having miracles. He's having people healed. People delivered. Amazing things happen. He gets to his own hometown. Have you read it? Mark 6 and other places. And the Bible said they said... The people there said, who is this? That's Joseph and Mary's boy. Who does he think he is? Saying he's anointed. My brother works with his brother down at the station. At the factory. And, and yeah, and, and his dad fixed a plow for me one time. And We know who he is. 
He's from around here. He's home folks. He's standing up saying he's anointed. Do you hear the tone of this friends? Is there a tone of skepticism and cynicism, sarcasm? And the Bible said, Mark 6, 5 and 6, he could there do no mighty works. Didn't say he decided not to. What did he say? Could the Lord Jesus couldn't do miracles there? Now see, a lot of religions and denominations wouldn't even accept that. And yet it's plain in the Bible. And if the master couldn't get things done... You think any of his servants today could? Certainly not. What did he do? He went around teaching. Why? Faith comes by hearing. What's the cure for cynicism and sarcasm and skepticism? Getting enough word in you that the faith pushes out the unbelief. And you quit all that junk and questioning and wrangling and wrestling and you believe. Somebody say it again. I have faith. In the power of God. God. I do believe. I do believe. believe. Sometimes you need to say like the man that brought his lunatic son to Jesus. When you know the other folks. His his own helpers failed to get the boy set free. But just because somebody prayed and nothing happened. Doesn't prove the will of God. And so they brought him to Jesus. And he said if you can do anything. Have mercy on us and help us. And Jesus said if you can believe. All things are possible to him that believes. Anybody remember what he said? He cried out and said Lord I believe. Help mine believe. <laughs> if you're struggling with some things. That's your line. Right there. Say Lord I do. I, I choose to believe. I, I will to believe. Help me with the rest of it. I'm coming your way. I'm, I'm coming to you. And he will help you. And that boy got delivered. With that man talking like that. So there was enough faith there. To get the job done obviously. Say it one more time. Well, Not the last time. One more time in this minute. I have faith. In the power of God. Whew. Glory to God. We talked. About the first Two of the revelation manifestations. Word of knowledge and word of wisdom. There are three of these manifestations that reveal. And three of these manifestations that speak. Different, different kinds, or we should just, let me say it correct. Kinds of tongues say something. Interpretation of tongues say something. Prophecy says something. We've touched on those. And three of these manifestations do something. Workings of miracles, gifts of healings, and faith. Or as it's sometimes called, special faith. They do something. And it's exciting. Hope you can keep coming. We're going to talk about these. Hmm? Why? Why are we going to talk about them? Because faith comes by hearing. And we, the Lord told us he didn't want us to be ignorant about these things. He wants us to know about them. He wants us to believe in them. He wants us to be looking for them. And when he wants to do some of these, he wants us to cooperate. He wants me to cooperate with him and you to cooperate with him so that what he wills is manifest. Some people say, well, you know, God is God. If he wants something done, he'll just do it. No matter what anybody thinks he wants. That is simply not true. If he was going to force anybody to do anything, he'd force them to get saved. Right? Isn't that the most important? And he does not. He will let a man or woman choose to reject him and let them go off into eternity in their sins and go to hell. Even though it has never been his will and never will be his will. Why? We really do have a free will. We can choose to believe or not. And if he's not going to force you to do the most important thing, why would he force you to accept the gifts of the Spirit? Why would he force you to accept healing or prosperity or any of those other things? He won't. And the absence of them doesn't prove his will. So we talked about the first two of the manifestations that reveal. Word of wisdom reveals something. Word of knowledge reveals something. The third of the revelation is discerning discernings of spirits. Not the gift of discernment. It's discerning, discernings of spirits. What is that? 
Now, the way you can tell that you've got the correct understanding of what these are is that you can find examples of it in the book of Acts. That's your confirmation. Because we've got the same spirit they had in the book of Acts. We've got the same gospel. We've got the same name of Jesus. In fact, we are a part of the same church. Aren't we? In fact, the book of Acts is still being written. We're in chapter 30,000 or something. Right? And the Spirit of God is still doing things, isn't he? In the church, people are still getting saved. Things are still happening. But if it's really a, a manifestation of the Spirit, you'll find an example of it in here. How many know you can see tongues in the book of Acts? And you can see prophecy in the book of Acts. Can you see working the miracles in there? Can you see gifts of healings? Certainly you can. They're all in there. They're in there. What you can't find is the gift of discernment in there. Where brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so could detect everybody's faults. Tell them what to do and what not to do. You don't find one example of that. Now, if something gets a little too close to home, don't grump up on me. Just just smile. Look straight ahead. Because if you get too serious and upset, everybody will know. They'll go, mm. just, just be, and don't take my word for any of it. Get it in this book. If I'm not telling you something out of here, well, you know, don't accept it. But then if you think you're right about something else, where's your scripture? Where's it at? Well, I have an experience. That ain't enough. Where's the scripture? The third of the manifestations that reveal are discerning the spirits. Do we have any examples of this in the book of Acts? Yes, we do. The word discern means to distinguish. And it also means, includes the idea of uh, seeing. The Hebrew word for it means to look intently at, to see and distinguish. These two ideas are in the words translated discern. And I think that's a key to understanding it. To see and to distinguish. I'll say it like this. Through the discerning of spirits, one can see or hear and thereby recognize or distinguish entities, things in the realm of the spirit. It's discerning of what? Spirits. Spirits. You are a spirit. I am a spirit. Angels are spirits. Evil spirits are mentioned. God is spirit. And discerning of spirits would have to do with seeing and distinguishing. And you see examples of this in the scripture. Acts 2 talks about it. The prophecy that Joel gave. He said, I, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. And your young men will, will do what? Dreams. See visions. And your old men will dream dreams. Well, you see things in visions and hear. And you can discern and distinguish what you see and what you hear. Now, uh, go with me to the book of Acts. And let's start in the uh, seventh chapter. Acts 7. Stephen was speaking in front of a very hostile crowd. <laughs> and verse 51 will give you an idea of how things were going. Acts seven fifty-one. He says, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you do always do what? What he, what he said they're doing? You resist the Holy Ghost. Ghost is an old English word for spirit. You resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did, so do ye. 
Now, one of the reasons that we're on this is because the scripture warns us about grieving the Holy Spirit and not yielding to the Holy Spirit. He, here, he said, this whole group, he said, you, be, you resist the Holy Ghost. What does that mean? The Holy Spirit wants to say and do things and you won't let him. Now, some people think, well, God, the Holy Spirit, if he wants to do something, he will do it. That's not true. Does God force people to do things? Does he force people to accept what he wants? He does not. Like we said, if he's going to force you to do anything, he'd force you to get saved. I do not like the idea that the Holy Spirit wants to say something in our churches and we don't cooperate with him. That he wants to do something and we don't yield to it and allow him to. And not just allow him to, but defer to him. And invite him. Right? And receive him. Is the Holy Spirit real? Is he real? Does he speak? Does he move? Do you think we need to learn more about cooperating with him? Does it bother you to think that he would want to say and do some things and they weren't said and done? But now you got folks in both ditches. You got people they don't believe in anything we're talking about tonight. They would not dare allow any speaking in tongues or any healings to be ministered or any kind of thing like that. But then you got people in the ditch on the other side of the road. And they're always wanting to interrupt everything. And then if anything's said, no, don't do that. They go, oh, you're quenching the spirit. Yeah, your spirit. <laughs> everything that everybody decides to pop up and say or do is not automatically the Holy Spirit. And because some people have just gotten away with all kind of stuff, and other people didn't know enough to know whether it was God or not, to just let it all go, then they're just used to doing anything and everything they want to do, whenever they want to. But there are actually folks who can tell the difference. And sometimes people are are sincere, they're just... Uh, like he said, ignorant of some things. Sometimes the Lord will give you something, but it's just for you. It's not for everybody. And the Bible said even concerning the prophets, the spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophets. When people say, well, I, I got no choice. I got to give it out. That's not true. That's not true. Some of the most spiritual people I've ever been around, we've been privileged to be around some. They'd get something strong from the Lord. And this is how they'd start out. They'd say, now I'm a man. I can miss it. That's how they'd start out. I'm talking about somebody operating genuinely in the prophet's office. I'm a man. I could miss it. And you judge this. And if it doesn't bear witness with your spirit, just throw it out. Folks that jump up and so adamant and I'm a such and such. You have to accept what a... That ain't right. They don't. Nobody has to accept it. It's just not so. The Bible tells us to judge all these things. So no matter what prophecy or what vision or what dream or what so-called manifestation, you judge it by two main things. Number one, this book. Right? And number two... The witness that you have on the inside. Because you have the author of the book inside. And if it's right. And if it's applicable to. Some things might be right. But they may not have anything to do with you. And some things may be right. But they may not be going to start coming to pass for 20 years. Right? Just because you know something. Doesn't mean you know the when or the how or the who. You got to watch about filling in the blanks. There's a lot to learn about these things, isn't there? And we should approach it with some humility and with some teachableness. And when, when our elders and people who have had visitations of the head of the church start off by saying, I'm a man. I could miss it. And if this doesn't bear witness with you, then just put it on the shelf then certainly that's the way for newbies and wet behind the ears to talk. Keep going. 
in the seventh chapter of Acts, man, they they got so mad at him. They got murder in their eyes. And in verse 58, they cast him out of the city and stoned him. In verse 59, they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. They're killing him. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, don't lay this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. But I want you to notice what he said that just they could not handle. Verse 55, he being full of the Holy Ghost looked up steadfastly into heaven and what? He what? He saw something. He saw the glory of God. And he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God. He said, behold. Behold means look. Look. I see the heavens opened. Did any of them see it? How could you keep throwing rocks if you saw that? No. They're not seeing any of that. And the Son of Man, I see the, I see the Master. I see standing at the right hand of God. I see Him. You believe you really saw Him? Then He is discerning and He is seeing and He's distinguishing Jesus and He's seeing the glory of God. This is a manifestation of discerning of spirits, beings and things in the Spirit. That you could not see. Unless God gave you this. Now there's a lot of people. Claim to see a lot of things. And you don't have to believe any of it. You shouldn't believe everything. But there's some things. That are real. Did people see things in the Bible? Did Ezekiel see things? Did Isaiah see things? Did Jesus see things? They saw things on the Mount of Transfiguration, didn't they? They saw things you couldn't see with your natural eye. And this is not something you can fast and pray until you get. You can't give yourself this. Some of the folks that I believe that I've been acquainted with that had some of, including myself, that had some of these... Black Brother Hagen had some of these, and, and he said, you know, when it happened, he said he had no more expectation of that happening than to be the first man to land on the moon. On one occasion, he was eating at the table with somebody, and, and they were going to pray before the children went to bed, and, and no more expected it to happen. You see, God's going to get the glory out of these things, not because we did so much or we put forth so much effort. You can't give yourself these things. But he could. Open your eyes and let you see something. It's a manifestation of the Spirit. He saw Jesus. He saw the glory of God. Keep going. Let's look at another one. Actually, skip forward to 22, Acts 22. This happened earlier than this, but Paul is giving account of this later in his life. You know, he was on the road to Damascus. And he wasn't going there to have a meeting. <laughs> He's going there to drag people off into a jail. Persecute them. And I know years ago before the, uh, all the changes over in uh, the former Soviet Union. Uh, some of the folks were over there. We're talking about some things. And they said in broken English. They said Paul was KGB. <laughs> they, said, they knew exactly what. Oh yeah I guess so. He was. Calling himself Holy Ghost Police. Or, and he was as wrong as could be. And uh, he met Jesus on the, He saw this amazing light. In Acts 22 and 6. He said it came to pass as I made my journey. And was come near to Damascus about noon. Suddenly there shone from heaven a great light round about me. And I fell to the ground. And I heard a voice saying to me. Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? He said, who are you, Lord? He said, I'm Jesus of Nazareth, whom you persecute. You know, I like this. He says, who are you? But he ends it with Lord. He didn't know who he was, but he knew whoever he was. (laughs) He was Lord. (laughs) And they that were with me, they saw the light too. And they were afraid, but they didn't hear the voice. 
Now see, this shows you that there's some discerning of spirits going on here. Because not everybody heard and saw everything. And unless the Lord would, would give you discerning of spirits, you wouldn't necessarily see, hear what he saw and heard. Because he's not seeing in the natural. He's not just seeing something on the road there. He's seeing beyond the road. Isn't he? He's seeing into the spirit. This is not imaginary. This is not a hallucination. Do you believe heaven is real? Do you believe God is real? you believe angels are real? There are angels in this room right now. And you don't need to try to see them. But if, if it would be of benefit to you or somebody else, God could open your eyes. You could see the master. He might show you a wrong spirit that was causing a problem. So you could take authority over it and command it to go. He might show, you might see an angel. These things are real. They don't happen all the time. You're not supposed to try to make them happen. But you're supposed to believe in them. And you're supposed to be open to it. Would you be open to a discerning of spirits for the Lord to open your eyes, let you see some things? Now, not necessary that you're supposed to go immediately tell what you saw. Some things you need to keep to yourself. And there's a time. I don't know if you, uh, what was it, a couple of Sundays ago, the Lord allowed me to share some things that he, he showed me some years ago. It had been seven years. And I hadn't said anything publicly about it. Didn't know that I ever would. It was just precious and holy to me. But the Lord dealt with me that it applied in what we were teaching on and it would help people and I need to share it. So it did. But the Lord can open your eyes and let you see things. Is he real? Somebody said out loud, I have faith in the power of God. Oh, hallelujah. I have faith in the power of God. Look with me in Acts 12. Acts 12. Discerning the spirits means that you see or hear and distinguish things in the spirit and spirits, beings. Jesus dealt with spirits that were causing problems. Paul did. And on this occasion, Acts 12, verse 6, when Herod would have brought him forth, same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. You know, it's pretty good faith sleeping hours before your execution schedule. That's pretty good. Verse 7, and behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him. And a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side. He was really sleeping. He had to hit him on the side and raised him up and said, get up, get up quick. And his chains fell off from his hands. Somebody say, I have faith faith. in the power of God. Verse 8, the angel said to him, gird yourself. I guess Peter was groggy. Gird yourself, put your shoes on. So he did. It's kind of like, well, the Bible says later on, Peter didn't know this was really happening. He thought he was dreaming or having a vision. And so the angel said, get up. So he got up. Put your shoes on. Okay. Get your coat. Okay. Put your coat on. Okay. And follow me. Come on. Come on, follow me. Verse 9. And he went out and followed him and wist not that it was true, which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. (laughs) He's having a night vision, a dream, or a vision. Verse 10. And they were past the first and second ward. They came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of his own accord. No electricity, you know. There's no opener on this gate. <laughs> what opened this gate up? God. Power of God. And they went out and passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. Then he didn't see him anymore. 
But he saw him. Like we're looking at each other. Angels are spirits. And he saw him. The Lord can give us an opening of eyes. An opening of ears. To see and hear things that are going on. You're not to try to seek these or clamor for these. But I'm going to fast and praise till I see something. Yeah, and you're liable to get in trouble. Because the devil can accommodate you. You can see some things that are real and spiritual, but they're not God. No, don't do that. Just be open. And if the Lord wants to do some of these things through our leaders or through us individually to help us, to show us something, to let us know something, then we shouldn't just be so sarcastic and cynical and negative to go, oh, I don't believe in none of that stuff. That's just a bunch of junk. And You better watch out what you're saying. Because if it's the Holy Spirit, you're not just talking about a man or a woman. Right? And didn't Jesus warn us very strenuously about blaspheming and speaking derogatorily of the Holy Spirit? And you know what specifically he was talking about when he used that term? They said that Jesus was casting out spirits by the devil. So they said what he was doing was of the devil, and it wasn't of the devil. It was of the Holy Spirit. So they're attributing the Holy Spirit's work to the devil. That's what he called blaspheming the Holy Spirit. So if you don't know, just be quiet. Right? You don't, you don't have to say anything about it. wonder if that's God or not. Just say, I don't know. You don't have to judge it. don't have to label it. But you can be open. Oh, thank you, Lord. Isaiah saw the Lord. He saw the throne of God. John, have you read in the book of Revelation? Man, God opened his eyes. Let him see in heaven. Let him see the winged creatures that had eyes all around. Let him see angels. Let him see a number of things. Elisha saw things. Elijah saw things. You remember? God opened Balaam's donkey's eyes. How can a donkey see an angel? Discerning of spirits. <laughs> Pretty amazing, isn't it? Balaam, supposed to be a man of God. Maybe I shouldn't say that. He was a spiritist spiritual supposed to be person. I don't know what you'd have called him, but anyway, he's riding to get his, see if he can get some money and his donkey sees this angel and goes, whoa. And trying to get out of the way of the angel, he, he pressed Balaam's foot up against something and hurt him, I guess. And Man, he got mad and gets to wailing and beating on the donkey. Stupid donkey, stupid donkey. And, and God lets the donkey speak. So Mrs. God spoke through the donkey. Well, it's actually just kind of the donkey speaking for himself. He said, quit. Quit hitting me. What you hitting me for? And here's an amazing thing. Balaam just answers him back. You stupid donkey. You hurt my foot. He said, look, man, whole time I've been your donkey. I ever did anything like that? He said, no, I guess so, but you stupid donkey. You, he said, hadn't I always been a good donkey? He said, well, I guess so. And then God opened Balaam's eyes, and he sees the angel too. And then he gets scared. <laughs> That's sad to think some animals have more spiritual discernment <laughs> than some folks that claim to be spiritual. <laughs> May it not be. With us. The Spirit of God is real. And Paul said, I, I don't want your faith to be in the speech of people. I want your faith to be in the power of God. And that's why when I came to you, we didn't just talk. We had demonstrations of the Spirit. Somebody say demonstrations. demonstrations. Anybody hungry in here for some demonstrations? Some demonstrations. Now, not a bunch of goofy junk. There's a lot of people do a bunch of crazy stuff and they call it spiritual and it just ain't God. But you don't have to be in the ditch on one side or the other. 
Do you believe we can have the genuine? We can have the real? And not get off? I do too. We don't have to get stuffy and staid and cold and just intellectual. No power. We don't have to get crazy and do a bunch of fleshly stuff and call it spiritual either. I believe we can have the real thing. The real, the real, the real, the genuine power of God. Won't you stand up with me and let's just, let's release our faith toward the Lord right now. Let's stand up. Release our faith. Oh, Father, we worship you. Oh, Father, we glorify. Lift up your, your hands and your hearts and your voices, saints. Let's, let's lift up our hearts to the Lord. Father, we worship you. We exalt you. We glorify your holy name. Come on, lift your voice, saints. How wonderful you are, Lord. We have faith in you. We have faith in your spirit. We have faith in your power. We know you've done amazing supernatural things all through the Bible. We know you never change. And we seek you. We seek the reality of you. We seek the real glory, the real power of you. Your power. Your glory. Your spirit. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.